So we have a professional in the house. <laughs> yeah. Unlike, unlike us two amateurs. <laughs> Amateur AF. I believe it is. You sure? I'm positive. Alright. It's been a while. <laughs> a long time. A long time. Does... Well, especially because since we had a hiatus, then we recorded an episode that was never aired, and then here we are. Yes. It's... Yeah. Good talk. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> They'll hear this one before they hear the last one, I think. Potentially. How you doing, Justin? I am lovely. I'm having a glass of wine. It's a first for me. You've never had wine before? Not while recording. Oh. Yeah. So we're enjoying a glass of wine and we're joined by a lovely guest. Say hello. <laughs> oh, I'm Emily. Hello. I'm DJ Amos also. So oh, So we have a professional in the house. <laughs> yeah. Unlike, unlike us two amateurs. <laughs> Amateur AF. That's what we do. <laughs> Hacks. Emily, yes. what brings you to to this amateur hour? Oh, yeah. Well, um, Justin and I have been, you know, in contact. And uh, he, I used to have a, a podcast a while back, and he came on to my podcast. And I'm raising we, the roof. Yeah, he's, the roof is raised. And uh, we used to work together, and so, you know, we've just been in touch because we've, you know, been music friends and whatnot. And mm-hmm. we... We were talking about podcasts, and he asked me to come, and I accepted the challenge. And it's much appreciated. <laughs> is that your movie phone voice? Your, <laughs> is that your voiceover voice? <laughs> voiceover voice, that's what it is. I accepted the challenge. No. Uh, In a world. It's <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to be here. It's exciting. I, uh, I quit my podcast a couple months ago. I just didn't have enough time, and... It's hard, you know, we were talking about earlier, it's hard to do it by yourself constantly. And so um, when you were like, do you have any interest in this? I was like, hair flip. <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, she it's totally hair flips just now too. She I did. did. That was a real hair flip. In That's case you couldn't hear that. It's a thing. It's, uh, I, it's a thing I do. Hair flipping? Mm-hmm. Beyonce does too. She does. Speaking of Beyonce, have you seen her pictures on Instagram? With the her last kids? Days. No, she posted a bunch of pictures recently, like within the last couple of days. I'm gonna mm-hmm. look it up. Look it up. She's in like a um, a yellow top and some cut off shorts that mm-hmm. have slits in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it pays off to be famous, apparently, because is she already in tip top shape? I mean, already do we know shape. that these are recent pictures, though? Well, I don't. I have never scoured the internet to check the authenticity of such things, but. Just saying. Mm. I was like, damn, if that's your post baby body, it's that's, good to be rich. That's what superstars do, though. They're like, a month later, they're in tip-top shape and in the movie again. Or on tour. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. She's got to do uh, Lion King stuff, right? Jeez. But she only has voiceover for that. Oh! oh she's true. in the, li- like the live-action one? It's not official yet. She's supposed to be Nala. In the live-action. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can land Beyonce... But if it's a voiceover, I mean... I know. That's what he was saying. Because I'm an idiot. Yeah. Her body matters for voiceovers. 
I suppose. Okay. All right. That's interesting. I have not heard that. Mm. It doesn't matter. It's a rumor. You, the thing is, you have to do press junkets and stuff, even though you're doing voiceover. So that's where it would come in. But the movie's not out for another two or three years. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. She doesn't have to be in shape to record her voice. It's true. Um, speaking of in shape, we're alive still until North Korea decides to throw something. Oh, out. God. So I'll take that. I just feel like uh, white men in America need to just shut up for a little bit. But that's all they do. They just they just need to shut up. Is all I'm saying. Mm. But you could say that about Asian men in North Korea. Then they're goaded on by an idiot. <laughs> Everyone takes us as a joke, and it's just it's just sad. <sighs> I can't with that guy. He's effing my life up. Well, literally. Soon. Potentially. I <laughs> Actually, mean, I saw this morning that San Francisco made public their like plans for how to deal with a nuclear Do we have bunkers? <laughs> what? What would we do? I don't know. I didn't read it because I don't live in San Francisco, but I was just like, I should actually, I'll be safe. <laughs> that might be an interesting podcast. I actually, I have a friend who does disaster planning for the Bay Area. And she lives in Oakland. I should ask her. Oh, she probably had a hand in this little... In this plan. Yeah document that exists now i mean what are we gonna unless we have like a secret bunker somewhere which we probably don't because of earthquakes yeah if it happens near like third and market then we'll all be fine it'll just blow out like wind tunnel that whole area is nothing but a wind tunnel so third and market unless i'm at work yeah (laughs) we work there (laughs) i know i was like unless i'm at work I'm on cloud nine because I don't work anywhere near that place anymore. Or you will be cloud nine. It'll blow away from me. <laughs> Everybody who's rich lives away from where all danger could happen. So thanks, Presidio. Speaking of Presidio, did you hear about that? Oh, dude, yeah. Did you hear about that, Emily? What? <laughs> Go for it. What? And maybe so I did. I don't these know. These two Asian... This couple. This Asian, Asian couple, couple who are property investors, I believe. Yeah, they bought... Uh, oh, they bought the street. Yeah. I did hear about that. That million dollar mansions and the street actually cost like 90K. Yeah. But like, what's well, the point of buying the street? The problem is those people didn't pay their yearly whatever stipend taxes or whatever for, for the street. So these people, they just like... I think they were just like flipping stuff, right? They just they do property investors, so they are always on the lookout for yeah. deals. And so this street had not paid their their fees mm-hmm. for like a really long time, and they were able to. It was an auction, and these guys were able to buy it for like ninety k, a little bit over ninety k. Mm-hmm. And all these rich people are flipping out because they're like, "What do you mean I can't just park in front of my own house?" To which I wonder because I work near, like near that street. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? guys have really deep driveways and you have you know what i mean like there's not really a huge need for that but your visitors might need to pay so they park could they technically kick those people out of their houses if they not out the houses but they can charge for parking i see so they can make it so that the neighbors can't park in front of their own houses which again i don't understand the need for that but i'm a i'm just a lesser being so i don't Rich people problems. It's really funny, though, because there was legislature written that kept minorities and I think specifically Asian Americans from purchasing any kind of land in the Presidio. 
Um, so, yeah, it's funny that, oh, yeah, now they own a little piece of that. It's really hilarious. And the guy's like, I don't want to give this up. I, I want to make some money off of this. As you should. But everybody who lives over there is like, oh, we, we should, like, buy this back or whatever. He's like, I'm not willing to give it up just so quickly. So we'll see what happens. Maybe he makes a lot of money off it. Oh, in any case, he's going to make a lot of money. They're rich. They can afford it. I don't mm-hmm. feel bad. Yep. Uh, what else is going on in the world? Nothing. All right. Switch to, <laughs> switch to our main topic, which Emily has joined us for today. I shrug. I shrug. <laughs> yeah, Justin is great at conversating. Conversating today? Conversing? Conversing? Yeah. I'm great okay. at conversation. Making nice. conversation today. Um, Nicest thing you've said to me in quite a while. Even though you're being sarcastic. I'm always nice with you when I'm being sarcastic. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Justin takes a sip of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be over here, guys. Don't um, so this is kind of an idea that Justin had and was very passionate about. Very but passionate about. Since I have nothing to add to this conversation, I'm just going to kick back and just watch you two go at it. I feel like you will have things to add in once you hear us get into it. But well, most likely, but yeah. I will say this is not completely my idea. It is my idea to talk about it on the podcast, but it is my friend Nathan's idea. We did this as a church kind of uh, icebreaker when we were all meeting the sound and worship team and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an idea that he brought as an icebreaker, and I thought it was really good. Um, and basically, it's just talking about your musical family tree. So, what were your early influences? How has your music taste? The how have your music tastes developed over time? Um, I just think it's really interesting, and I was just like, I want to talk about this on a podcast because I have a podcast now, and I can do that. So and barely. I mean, I have it. Whether or not people are listening, <laughs> whether actually we're recording. <laughs> We're recording all the time. As you asked when we came on, is this thing on? And it is. I'm monitoring things. I see stuff moving on my screen. It's cool. We're good. Alright. Anyways, continue. Yeah, so the idea is basically, like I said, kind of going from your earliest days of music to where you're at now. And I couldn't think of a better person to bring on than Emily because as... DJ. Right, as she said, she's a DJ. And she rocks major, huge parties in San Francisco. Tell us more about what the you DJing. Do. Yeah. Um, how I got into DJing. Uh, it's interesting. I actually, um, I used to do. Uh, so I'm from Texas, everybody, and I used to do a lot of music promotion in college. I went to school in Austin, and so I did a lot of like South by Southwest music promotion stuff, and I worked for the. Um, independent radio station there and blah 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 and so when I moved out here I um, you know I wanted to to do something that felt like you know I was contributing to the music world and I started having my own podcast radio show at FCC free so so short story there used to be pirate cat radio and pirate cat radio had a signal like an, an FM station and there was a big falling out between, you know, the people that owned it and the workers and, you know, all this stuff. And um, they basically lost their signal. And 
uh, Pirate Cat Radio divided into like multiple radio stations. So there was like Mutiny Radio, there was um, FCC Free, and then Radio Valencia. So like it, they kind of broke off into these like little independent radio stations like throughout the city. And so I was at FCC Free for a couple years, and I had at the time I had a podcast called TV Dinner. Yeah, it was really stinking cute. And I did... Is it about TV stuff? No, no, no. It was just called TV Dinner because it was at dinner time. It was like... Uh, it was depending... So for half of it, I did it between like 6 and 8. And the other half I did between like 8 and 10, depending on like when I when it was. But um, it was dinner time and I would do like electro pop jams. And I was really into that like indie electro thing. And then I got into like remixes of them. I mean, this was like, I don't know, eight, seven, eight years ago, whatever. And uh, <clears throat> I used to train people at the radio station. And so this girl, Melissa, who's a wonderful DJ, she's fucking awesome. Awesome DJ. She's a music librarian, has like a, like a degree in music library science from Stanford. Her name, her DJ name is Doc Sleep, Dr. Sleep. She uh, started her own label called Jack Tone Records, moved to Berlin is like an actual DJ there comes to San Francisco and tour like she's awesome and I taught her the station portion she was an actual DJ at the time I taught her how to use like the equipment at at the radio station and she was like you have really good taste in music you should be a DJ and so I she introduced me to some of her friends one of them this man Sergio I met and he was like you do have good taste in music I can teach you how to physically mix things And so, you know, I was like, okay. And so we became like really close music friends and he came onto my radio show. And at the time he had a radio show at KALX Berkeley, which is actually on the waves. And so, um, I think it's like 91.7 or something like that. But, um, anyway, he taught me how to mix and I became a DJ and then through him and through the, the music community here, I started getting gigs and you know we would play together and he also has stuff separately like you know i over time i created different parties and he has his parties and sometimes we play together but um but it's really it's been really interesting and really fun i um i guess the the place i play the most is the knockout i I created a party with a couple of their dj friends called galaxy radio and it's italo disco oriented so um we can get into the semantics of uh, disco. So purely Italian disco, or um, disco in Italian. Yeah, we can get into it a little bit. But yeah. So essentially, when um, there's a whole, so I and, and like when we get into the the background of our musical tastes, I guess we can circle back and have this conversation because mm-hmm. I'd rather have that first. But yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Very curious. <laughs> <laughs> Pure DJ like. Let's just tease and tease, and then, <laughs> then we'll bring the hardcore, and then we'll do the drop. And yeah, well, and it, it's line. just it's interesting too. And I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I guess one thing about me is like I uh, am a classically trained musician, and I I was uh, I played the flute and the piano for both uh, the piano for about ten years and the flute for about eight years. And um, there were times in my life when I was younger where I would say, "There's no way." that I would ever listen to techno 
right? Like there's, I don't know if you guys have ever had phases in your life like this where you're like, oh, I only like the style of music. <laughs> That's or, my whole life, right? Right. Now. You're like, oh, well, I mean, it's not an actual instrument. They're just pushing buttons or like whatever, you know? And so as somebody with that background, I understand that feeling and it's crazy to me that this time in my life or the past five, six, seven years that I've been really drawn to that and I prefer that, mm -hmm. you know, um, but musical tastes in my opinion evolve over time and one thing leads to another and it's really, it's fascinating when you learn someone's chronological influential background like i don't know if you know that movie high fidelity pretty well with John i don't Cusack. know that pretty i know of it but i i don't think i've seen the whole movie oh before. my gosh okay well uh, i this was yeah. like a huge i it's funny to me because i loved this movie when i was like 20 years old he was a record store, store owner and it, the whole movie is about relationships and girls he used to date and the music he liked and blah 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 and at the time i thought like oh I had the biggest crush on him and now that I'm older and I rewatched it he's the biggest jerk and it's like so crazy <laughs> to me. but regardless in the movie the whole thing is about his he ties relationships back to these musical influences and things that shaped him and mm -hmm. there's a scene in the movie where he's organizing his record collection mm -hmm. and his friend comes over and interrupts him and keep in mind in this movie this movie came out in like 1997 yeah. and he's a record store owner so in the movie he has like I mean this whole wall is like records right mm -hmm. and so he's organizing his whole collection and the guy's like how are you organizing it are you organizing it like chronologically and he's like no and then he's like autobiographically and he's like like how he it's all about how like I liked this and then I liked this so I know that the next record it like your mind leads it's like mind maps like leads to one thing to another this might be a tangent but I feel like this was in another show like potentially how I met your mother like are you organizing by alphabetically by artists are you organizing alphabetically oh probably there's like it's probably I that, that. but it's it's a, it's a very interesting concept and it depends on how your mind thinks mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Personally, being somebody who has DJed in public many times and grows from, you know, musical growth and development of other artists and, you know, exploring and all that stuff, there I can pinpoint exactly when and where I heard this or that or this artist came into my life and how it made me listen to this or made me listen to that. And it's very fascinating. It's a very fascinating concept. Okay. So I'm happy to be here to talk Which about is all why this. I'm like, yes, let's hear what she has to say. <laughs> friend like that I think I do have a little bit more yeah see oh, yeah. I knew everybody does I know I'm like if it's you don't like music thing. it's like somebody that says I don't like pizza and it's like no, do I, you not like pizza I mean okay actually I like music <laughs> and I have very strong t strong opinions about music and yeah actually no I don't like pizza but <laughs> funny that. that is hilarious <laughs> oh man I love it but I love everything about it that's just the way you framed it uh, Justin's just bad at explaining is what I'm going to go with. Well, let's just say Justin and I used to work together and I am the communicator of the... If we were to duet, if we were in a duet and we were representing our company, I would be the duet and you would be the background... Like, you'd be I like, would actually duet. Yeah. Yeah, I'd make yeah. the stuff You would duet and I would talk about doing it and then that's how we would work together. Hmm. Cheers. As you guys <laughs> just did just now. Okay, so now that you're so, bought in, apparently... So I let's start. Service, right? so, yeah, let's start. Okay, so... I feel like, obviously... for At least for me. Sorry. I'll just say for me. Um, I think that everyone has their earliest influences from their parents, right? The first music you're exposed to. 
is generally what they listen to. It might not have been your favorite thing, but I think at least a lot of my mem- earliest memories are about the things that my parents were playing or involved music that my parents were playing. So I feel like we want to start off with like, I don't know, childhood up to you know, a certain age, like let's say like sixth grade. Okay. <laughs> it's all pieces. So that's just a random. Right. What, yeah. what, what were your influence? What were your parents listening to? So when I was growing up, I remember... and wait, can we talk about where we all grew up to? Oh, we that's true. Sure. That's because that also environmental. I'm mm-hmm. a big environmental. No, I agree person. with you. Well played. So I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, was born kind of in like Cripshaw. I want to say like West LA ish. No, we moved to Inglewood oh. when I was like five. So Six. you started being conscious of music in Inglewood. Yeah, I did. I did first grade in Inglewood, and yeah, from there on. So again, my earliest memories of things are my father playing on weekends Stevie Wonder. He was always listening to things like Sly and the Family Stone or um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, I think he had a little tiny bit of. Teddy Pendergrass, I would hear, like, nice. not so frequently, but nice. usually it was that kind of stuff. My mom was all about that, like, the Motowny things. Um, she was really into people like CeCe Peniston. Finally. <laughs> but, yeah, Finally. it has happened to me. I karaoke yes. that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it works, and sometimes it does not. But go on. I remember we used to, our thing was to take trips up to San Francisco and I just remember my, one of my earliest memories around that song was driving on the Bay Bridge <laughs> on the lower deck going out of San Francisco it. and just us all singing we need, to, to, that. We need to edit that song in here. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. Um, and then, yeah, my mom was all about, um, I think through her, like, Jody Watley for sure. Oh, yeah. And, like, Anita Baker. And I think she was part of the reason why I fell in love with Whitney Houston, actually. Okay, okay. Can I ask you this? Are you the oldest? Yeah. Okay. So your parents were in their late 20s, early 30s? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then that also plays into, plays into the environmental mm-hmm. influences. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those were my things growing up. Like, my dad would make pancakes on Sundays... And we would have Stevie Wonder playing. And it would be awesome. Or I would always just be like, why are we listening to this? Because there would be other stuff around. But mm-hmm. yeah, eventually it just like seeped into both me and my sister. Like We both have kind of old school souls when mm-hmm. it comes to music because mm-hmm. of what they would listen to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what about you, Emily? I'm pointing. You're pointing. <laughs> no one can see me pointing. Um, so I have a very different experience. I'm the youngest, not only in my immediate family, but in my entire family on both sides of my cousins. Oh, wow. Uh, my parents literally just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary last weekend. I was just home for this. Oh, um, <clears throat> So, I am uh, also from Texas. So... Tejas. Yeah, Tejas. I'm actually... My sister and I were trying to figure out... I'm, we're either, my sisters and I, we're either fourth or fifth generation true Texan. Like,
which is amazing. Um, so here's the thing. My <laughs> all the best parts. My dad. My dad is so I okay. My sisters are a lot older than me. Um, real sisters and closest in age is like seven years, and my oldest sister is like fourteen years older than me. Okay. Okay. So my dad uh, always listened to old old country music, right? So like I always listened to like when I was really really little, like Dolly Parton and like Conway Twitty and George Jones and like stuff like that. Um, so I know Justin just heard his first Dolly Parton song this week. <laughs> I was gonna what? say what? Yes. Sorry, I had to jump in. Okay, wait, I have an amazing idea, and if anybody steals this, but, like, it's serious. I've been really wanting to road trip to go to Dollywood wearing wigs and make a documentary about it. And it would be, like, like Dollywood wig documentary, like Dollywood. I mean, I'm all about being in costume. I don't know about (laughs) Dolly Parton very much. Well, so this kind of plays into my whole thing. So my, my mom's musical taste, uh, she didn't... She was really into, like, church music and stuff. So, you know, like, they didn't really... Like, my dad listened to early country and my mom listened to to church music. And so together, I didn't really get... other Aside from country music, I didn't really get a lot of my influences from them. I actually got much more from my sisters. Um, And it was interesting because in the 80s, they were very new wave oriented. So um, Depeche Mode, The Cure, New Order, Joy Division... All of those bands, that was, like, what I grew up... First First and foremost, that was my, like, country music. So, like, country and western music, old school country and western music, 80s country, like, Reba McIntyre, George Strait, who's the king of country in Texas. I'm sorry, but, like, I'm sorry. He is. Um, all those <laughs> things. And then on top of that, we've got this, like, you know, new wave um, English influential music. Um, so that's kind of what started it for me. And then also on top of that, I guess the thing that my mom brought to the table was her love of musicals. So, um, the first musical I can remember growing up with is Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, that's... Which oh. is Dolly Parton and I was going to say, the thing that I knew about Dolly Parton before yeah. I had heard that so, one song was Best Little Whorehouse It's... Texas crazy because this is an actual true story that this musical if you know anything about this little house in texas it's about the chicken ranch and a brothel if you will that is running in texas and you know it's like this traditional thing for i don't know 60 70 however many years anyways it's a true story and the musical is about how people um in modern times it, mostly in houston this like reporter finds out about it and it's like this whole scandal and blah blah blah, blah. well anyway it's actually it actually happened and my parents there's like a whole thing where they told me they were watching the news when this was actually happening in like the 60s and so when we were growing up we always watched this musical and side note when uh my boyfriend and i of four and a half years became like an actual couple our first halloween costume together because he also grew up watching best little whorehouse in texas so he was bert and i was dolly and it was amazing (laughs) and i had like this whole dolly wig i had like the like the boa like the red boa dress she wears and all this stuff but um 
So those are my early influential. Oh, aside from that musical, the other musicals that my mom tended to gravitate towards were very Jewish in nature with Yentl. And um, I don't know if you know Yentl with Barbara Streisand or uh, uh, Filler on the Roof. So yeah, of course. those two musicals. You Jewish, I just think of Filler, Filler on the Roof. Filler on the Roof and Yentl, which is very Jewish, by the way. Okay. And uh, and then uh, Best Little Ross in Texas. So those three musicals, country music, and New Wave. <laughs> I was not expecting any of that, yeah. actually. So that's very interesting. I, I mean, it's cool. You're cool. So it makes you, it's the beginnings of who you were. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's very. It is very different. I think I would say my. Oh, are we gonna get to uh, concerts later? We'll do that later. We can. I don't oh, really remember a lot of concerts, but we can talk about it. Um, guess it's my turn. Your turn. Yes, he's participating. I need you to get into it. <laughs> um. So my earliest memories of music were actually my dad had a really big stack of vi- a really big vinyl collection that we had, which unfortunately. So I was born in San Francisco. Sorry. Step back. Asian, my parents, Vietnamese, um, born in San Francisco, lived here until I was six. So my earliest memories of music were my dad had a big vinyl collection of old school, old school rock, but mainly Beatles. And I remember just playing with that vinyl player all the time. Like I didn't appreciate the music that much, but I just loved putting the vinyl on the player and just putting the needle on and needle drop um, and just playing that music. So my dad was really into rock, old school rock and roll, and my mom was really into Vietnamese pop and opera. I love it. So it's a good mix of things. I love it. So <laughs> he said he didn't have anything to talk about for this, and so she didn't have. Well, she had cassettes. Like for those of you who are old enough to know what a cassette is, um, my parents had eight tracks. Eight tracks. Like, I actually remember putting an 8-track into Strawberry Shortcake soundtrack. Okay, but go on. <laughs> Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> so she had cassettes and of pop and opera, and I would... I remember being a big fan of those, actually, and I could sing those. Like, I knew, those, I knew this one artist, and I would sing her, her songs all the time. Can you do it now? I could not now, for the mm-hmm. life of me. You can't popra it? Oh my god! <laughs> I was thinking popper in my head. I didn't want to interrupt him. Mental jinx. This is one of our friends. I do not remember any of the songs. Okay. Sadly. That sounds so cool, though. So that was funny, and then so that was my my early influences. Early. We're also Very different. Pre six years old. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Pre six. Mm-hmm. So all it's very very early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my very first, the very first time I ever saw anybody perform ever mm-hmm. was at the rodeo. <laughs> it was at the rodeo. In Texas, we have huge rodeos. And it was Reba McIntyre. And I remember being like, yes, my girl. And I was like six or seven years old. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not the thoughts went out in Georgia. Singing like all these like crazy like Reba, like common fancy. Like all her like, she, I don't know if you guys nice. know Reba McIntyre. She like actually has a show on, it's like Reba or something on like. It was and I watched it yeah, all the time. Yeah, she, but if you ever listened to her music in the 80s, her, her music, her like primetime country phase was Legit. She was great. Legit. She was I've listened great. to a little bit of her music. 
I know her more from TV. Yeah. Because my TV game is... It's deep. so funny, like, how that happened. I'm like, I don't really know that show. I mean, I watched it, like, maybe, like... I probably combined watched a total of 20 minutes of that show. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I watched whole seasons. I, I don't like sitcoms like that very much. Really? No. Uh, I, I mean, Seinfeld is a different bag because yeah, it's, like, Yeah, that was amazing. about nothing. Yeah, which is why it's great. It's true. It was a pretty good um, show. Me's not a fan of Seinfeld. Never found it funny. I'm sorry. No, no. I think it's brilliant. I tried. It's 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 actually like yeah. one of the most brilliant shows ever. Yeah. I actually tried, but I agree. It was actually dubbed in French because I grew up in France. Oh. So maybe that maybe I lost the humor in translation. Um, I think the. Uh, if you we were to rewatch, we could do a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, right? this let's, needs to like no TV needs let's, to be a different. We need a table. We need a because I I go we in need on a table TV. In. Oh yeah, we can. Okay. So turning so, so turning points. So so after me, beginning stages. Right. So let's points. talk about the turning points. Let's say what did I say sixth grade before seventh through the end of high school. That's uh, a lot. That's a lot of. A I gap. also have a fifth grade phase. Oh, do you have? A, okay. <laughs> like, let's talk about the fifth grade phase. I had. I was really into Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine. Oh my gosh! Oh, I was just talking about the play that's coming to San Francisco next season. Um, and it's about, it's the Gloria, it's the Gloria Stefan story. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I need to go see it. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, dude. I need to go, but I need to go with a Gloria Stefan fan because literally nobody I know is a Gloria Stefan fan. That's my I mean, R.A. I know songs of hers. No, meant. you guys, I was obsessed with her. She was my very first act. So I saw Reba McIntyre at the rodeo. Mm-hmm. My first concert. Okay. Rodeo is different because you go and you see like a bunch of shit. Other stuff. Right. Going to an yeah. actual show for the sake of going to a show. Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine was my first concert when I was 10 years old. And my sister took me. And I never forget, it was at an arena, like a like an Oracle Arena style mm-hmm. place yeah. and uh, in Texas. And she there was a huge, like, paper mache lemon thing at the top of the, of the roof. And it, like lowered down and this music started like her band came out and they were just you know <laughs> playing and then as a, right before the song came out she busted it out she like punched through the paper mache uh-huh. and she came out of this sparkling lemon and she started singing conga and i remember being 10 and being like what what like what it was amazing it was the most amazing thing and i loved her and i i definitely between fourth th- maybe third and end of Elementary school. Okay. Gloria. And that's a very different bucket than the first bucket I had. So the name of the musical is On Your Feet. And yes. I will, yes. I will hit you up because yes. it's coming soon. It's no, starting I'm, in September. I want so to go because I yeah, clearly was out. obsessed with her in a previous life. Um, Justin, <clears throat> your, your elementary school, I guess. Let's start there. Maybe oh my God. Most middle school. The only thing that. I can tell you about... That is my first... So there's... I only have two stories. My first exposure to rap or to hip-hop, which is like the foundation of my life, um, was... Um, uh, what was the name of that song? I keep wanting to say Fight the Power, but that was not it. Um, oh, uh, Self-Destruction. That was the name of that. So it was all the like hip-hop all-stars mm-hmm. of like the west coast and they all like were doing this thing to promote non-violence in neighborhoods 
And that was my song, dude. Like, that was the earliest hip-hop that I remember listening to and being like, okay. this is cool. And it had, I mean, obviously had a good message because it was all about keeping peace. I remember Stop the Violence was a movement back in, like, the early 90s. And it was just, I mean, before the 90s, maybe, like, 88, 89-ish. Okay. Um, which would put me at, what, six and seven years old? Um, the only other story that I really have about that particular period, like at least the elementary school time was that there was this group called the boys and they were like one of, uh, one of the first of my era, like boy bands, it mm-hmm. were, they were brothers, four brothers yeah, and they were like R&B and they sang these songs about like, I don't know, little boy stuff. Really, but a lot of like, kind of love stuff, little love. Cause what, it's was it kind of like new edition? No, new edition. I mean, new edition existed before these guys. Yeah, those guys were like the prototypes. But your kids on the block. Was it kind of like that? It was. Think of boys to men at like the age of ten. Yeah, like new edition. Isn't where new no, edition new ed- like young? New edition was young, but. New Edition was, uh, I don't know how to explain New Edition. Like, these dudes didn't have the edge New Edition did. Oh, okay. Like, Bobby Brown brought a he little bit like, of edge to that group. Yeah. Right? And they were, like, they were super cool and kind of fashionable and whatever. But the boys were not very, they were, like. Were they, like, crisscross edge? No. There was no edge to these dudes. They were just. The boys? Just R&B. With the Z? That's what they were called, the boys. With a Z or an S? Mm, I don't remember. I think there was the S. The S. <laughs> I just remember... Maybe in, that's why. If there was a Z, maybe it would be different. In first grade, I was... I somehow found them on the radio or something like that. And they had their, like... I think their lead single was called Dial My Heart. And... Dial My Heart. I know, right? <laughs> so cute. It was... To me, first grade me was so good. And I remember I had a crush on this girl who was in second grade at that point. And I would go around... Older ladies. I know, right? All about them cougars. I would go around the yard <laughs> singing these songs, singing the songs of the boys, and sing extra louder when I would go wherever corner she was in. In our oh yard. my god, that's amazing! That's so I know it was so ridiculous. You want to know what's so ridiculous? What? I used to make people. I used to charge people twenty five cents on the bus to hear me sing Mariah Carey covers when I was ten. Ah, Mariah already Carey. hustling. Yes. Strongholds, man. Yeah, a I mean, fun age. It's such a fun, it's a fun age. It's a great age. I feel like ten was like such a good time in your life. You know, it was such a shock too because you switched to double digits. Yeah, you switched to double digits, and you're like not necessarily like a baby. Like you're not like a kid, kid, but you're not like a teenager yet. Not so yet. you're in this like well, preteeny and like you're in a cute little older. area. Yeah, it's fun, and you're exploring, and you're you're not like you're not yet at the time where you're boggled down by. Like, you're, by, like, the puberty. Your hormones. Yeah, like, all that stuff. Like, you're not, like, you're just, like, you're still having fun. You're still having fun. Mm -hmm. You're still having a good time. Still having a good time. No pressure. No, um, responsibilities. Or whatnot. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, that was the most, really. Just listening to stuff like, like I said, Whitney Houston was 
the jam. Mm-hmm. My favorite song of all time, without question, ever. Even now. Even now, period, is Wanna Dance with Somebody. somebody. Really? That's, that is my favorite song ever. And favorite is not a word, but that's just how I feel about it. I just wow. I love that song so much. The video was so colorful and like her makeup was just like super 80s. She and was super great. Bright she was so great. I know, man. That was Party. like, that was my favorite. Even to this day, I'll still listen to like, I will get on a rabbit hole of Whitney Houston and it'll last for a whole day. Interesting. Yeah. You know, that's enough of me. Who's going next? You just said enough of me. Yeah. That means you need to go next then. I called you out. Um, from six to ten. Sorry, I forgot to mention. I was. I'm the oldest child. My sister was not born until I was eight. Okay, so, so similar back opposite of me. Exactly. Yeah. So had some time, and then moving to France when I was six. I remember clearly, like first or second grade, Ace of Base was. Ace of Base! It was all it's about at school. Like, we had the tapes going on. Is that all that you wanted was another baby? All that you want. <laughs> no, oh, come on, you gotta sing it. Got to love. Oh. Oh, oh. that you want. It is another baby. I love what's happening in this room right now. Such a great jam. They're Swedish. Were they Swedish? They're like Scandinavian. They're definitely Scandinavian. I don't know if they're Swedish. I didn't even know that that existed until past college. Wait. Just saying. You never knew of Ace of Base? Just saying. When you were younger? Oh, my God. You know what Ace of Base was to me in America? So, clearly, you were in France. Mm -hmm. You clearly didn't know who Ace of Base was. Clearly black. (laughs) Uh, well, I also lived in Ohio for a while. So when I was when I was in elementary school, I lived in Ohio, and I remember. And if you're a '90s kid in America, at least I don't know about your experiences, but for most of my friends, uh, roller skating parties, right? Having the roller skating parties, and I remember at roller skating parties in the early '90s, Ace of Base was. The artists that they would blare <laughs> Ace of Base and like Boys to Men and uh, TLC and like mm-hmm. that, like early mm-hmm. MTV. Yeah, I love this Ace of Base. Yeah, thing. like all that. Part. You didn't have Ace of Base. We your, had the other two that you mentioned, but you didn't have Ace of Base in your in your roller skating ring. Ignored it from your head. That's crazy. No, it wasn't. In to my me, world. Ace of Base equals roller skating like that to me i'm like oh gosh i need to roller skate now you know it's like it's so crazy to me because that's like they were i remember holding hands with my girlfriends and doing like you know like you weave in and out uh-huh. and you do these th- you do the tricks yeah. and it was mm-hmm. ace of base that's funny. no okay maybe it was an ohio thing maybe i'm wrong i mean i didn't grow up here so <laughs> <laughs> i can't tell he's all roller rings what did you have roller skating rings in france no, that was another phase. It was rollerblades versus skateboards. I was on the skateboard side of things. Interesting. But, um, Interesting. So I'm a skate lady. I'm a skate. Skate. Roller skate. 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 Not like skateboard. Skate. I do all things that have wheels. <sighs> and scooting, including that scooter of yours. Anyways. The knee scooter. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ace of Base was like the only pop influence that I had at that point because other than that, I had the fucking whole collection of Disney movies at home. Interesting. So I had all the Disney songs, like, every year, every time a new movie would But they were in French. 
know in English because I oh, got okay. them from my aunt here who would send them to me. Okay. And then I just know all the songs every year because every year there would be a new movie. Like back in the day, it was Uzur's Ears post Little Mermaid where they had Beauty and the Beast come mm-hmm, out, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. had Pocahontas, mm-hmm. Hunchback of Notre Dame was the last good one I remember. Um, but yeah, that whole phase. So Ace of Base was the mainstream. And oh, then. Man, when I hit head, <laughs> she's roller skating in her head. I am. <laughs> I went to my very, and I'll, I'll just end here. My very first concert when I was ten, uh, my cut. So I have family in Holland, and they took me to my very first concert, and it was this dude like in this big stadium, Amsterdam Arena. And it was this dude called Michael Jackson. <gasps> this this dude called Michael How Jackson. How old? You were 10, so... 10. Okay, so early 90s. Wait, you've seen yeah, Michael 90s. Jackson in concert? 94, yeah. Oh, what? What? So th- was this before he married Lisa Marie Presley? Or was it... was it before. Okay, okay. Yeah. I understand this Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's black, it's white. That's like the mm-hmm. Michael Jackson room. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That one. It's black. No, it's I white. know the song. Yeah. I'm just, Trying to think of if it was before Lisa Marie. No, yeah. I think that it was, was like right. She's right after that. Because they, that they were awkwardly album. married for like eight months or yeah. something like that, yeah. and they had like yeah. really weird public kiss at like the MTV Movie mm. Awards, where everyone was like, "Stop!" Because everyone thought that he liked children, and then he was like, "No, I'm all about Elvis's daughter." What up, people? For eight months, it was crazy. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so yeah. That was my introduction to... That's what a great first yeah, concert, dude. Yeah, the best dude. concert ever. I'm like, Gloria Stavon, he's like, oh, Michael Jackson, in Amsterdam. I've never seen <laughs> Michael like, Jackson in concert. What? Never. I have never either. I have seen Janet. We went to Janet together. Yes. What's my sister? But it's she not him. Like, it's, a she, di- okay. it's a different legend. She's I got a little legend. excited there for the listeners. I got a little excited. You probably couldn't hear me. Justin and I went and saw Janet Jackson. We didn't know each other were going. We had tickets with friends, not next to each other, but we ran into each other before, had happy hour, and we went together, and we were so pumped, and let me just tell you, she was 52 years old when we saw her, and she did like nine songs in a row, and there were no breaks, and she danced, mind you, she didn't dance the way that she danced when she was like 21, whatever. Mm. Sure. But she danced. She was still in control, More than like we would be dancing. As young 30-somethings. And it was amazing. It she was, was amazing. amazing. She just was like, uh, 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 uh. I'm singing. Uh, uh, I'm singing. Uh. And, like, it just kept going. And we were like, what? 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 Whole Janet experience. It's crazy. Also. I love her. Speaking love of her. that, just so that you know, she told me to remind her, because we saw that at the Bill Graham Civic all the Oh, God. <laughs> okay, she yes. She told me to remind her about the Bill Graham this or the This is so Civic silly. Theater. Okay, so... My mother, I think I told you this, was, um, well, my, my parents are both really religious, mostly my mother, uh, and growing up, one time or another in my life, my mother made me go to a preacher's, um, sermon at a similar, like, oracle-type arena place. His name is called Billy Graham. Oh, you know, that preacher, Billy Graham. I was like, damn, who was this? Because that's a huge conversation. This was like when I was 12. And I remember being like, I guess I'll go with you, Mom. And I was like, what is this? And so I go and I see Billy Graham, who is like an evangelical mm-hmm. like preacher, if you will. 
perform at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And so forgot all about it. I move here and they're like Bill Graham Civic Center. And for the first couple years that I lived here, <laughs> I thought that oh, Bill that Graham guy? Civic Center was named after this preacher man. And I was Hilarious. like, oh my gosh, what? San Francisco has like a a stadium named after a preacher? It was so crazy. Billy Graham got banged, yo. Totally different person. I had no idea. Actually, the um, if you guys have had a chance to see the Summer of Love exhibit, I did. So they have that. they talk about that in like mm-hmm. the in the exhibit. They talk about Bill Graham being like a promoter at the time mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. Like but uh, but yeah. So my first CDs were um i did the bgm music club remember when you used to pay yes, yes. a penny for like everything first Fred 12 so my first five cds if you will were cake fashion nugget cds cake okay fashion nugget cheryl crow tuesday night music club is that her debut or no yeah tuesday night music club. all i want to do is have some fun yep the cranberries oh yeah the the i think it's I think it was called, I think, I might be wrong. It might have been called Linger, but it was it was a black front that the art was black and there was like a red flower and they were sitting in front of it. Okay, I don't remember the name of the album, but that was it. Depeche Mode, Violator, which mm-hmm. was fucking awesome. And uh, The Cure, um, songs about, sad songs about, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Sad songs about little smile. I don't know some now some cure some cure some cure album. But those were my first five albums. Justin, I don't know if I remember first five. I can tell you that my I only got them together as a package, so I oh. so I can't distinctly remember one okay. or another. My first actual CD was purchased for me by a godmother. And that was um, TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. Ah. Oh. <laughs> that was my first CD. Love it. And then that was the first CD ever, and it was purchased for me. The first CDs that I bought were um, TLC Fan Mail, which I think was the follow-up to Crazy Sexy Cool. Was that cool. No Scrubs? Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Marshall Mathers, no, no, the Slim Shady LP. By Eminem. So this is like, I wasn't allowed to listen to rap, like for real rap, with the parental advisory stuff until I was in high school. This is 10th grade, I think. Interesting. So I didn't have a lot of CDs, like Asian parents, very strict about all that shit. Um, But the few CDs I did have, it's so funny because, actually, take it back. So... I used to record all my music, which you guys probably did too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my tape, gosh, tape like try off to the radio, like time mm-hmm. it off the radio. Oh, they announced a song. Shit! Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, wait, I wait, 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 wait! Hit that. record. Um, I saw a lot of that. that. Would make my own mixtapes. Um, the few CDs I did have, there was Miseducation, Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, nice. That was one of your first. That's a really good one to start on. Yeah, dude. Um, my way, Usher. Oh, well, yes. Good CD, yeah. Uh, so, Great CD, sorry. Speaking yeah. of influences, um, so I'm, I'm just going to transition off that. The other two CDs, I think, 
R by R. Kelly. Okay. I believe I can find all that uh, before R. Kelly was weird. And he was probably weird by then already. Um, but those were like the main CDs that I had. But what got me into R&B in the first place, because I was kind of product of my, of my environment, like all of mm-hmm. us are. And my friends, I had different groups of friends. And one was really into... Uh, EDM, so trance and techno and all that. And I was like, all right. When you were like in middle school? Middle school, yes. Well, you lived in France. Yeah. So that yeah. makes sense because Daft Punk and all that was like from France. And, and Daft Punk wasn't even part of that. But there's, it, but they cre- they were it's born from influence. that. Yes. Area of mm-hmm. influence. So there's other artists that influence them to make that. So exactly. then you were exposed to that mm-hmm. way before we were exposed mm-hmm. to that. So I remember what way before I one of those CDs was were exposed by way before was called Cybertrance Three. Anyways, um, so there was that group, and then there was a group that was more into metal and shit like that, like Corn. Oh and, yeah. Um, so the presence that, of the USA. That's an interesting. Would you say that Corn is metal? Not technically, I guess. It was like more... Would you say corn is metal? Heavier? No. No. There's that genre of music that, I don't at know the how to end put, of yeah. the 90s that's not metal, mm-hmm. but it's nothing else. It's and not it's, punk rock it's either. Not, it's that like, it's not, it's that like, uh, like Papa Roach, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. That like mm-hmm. pop, dark... Rock. Rock? I don't know what it is. Yeah. I will talk about that for me later. because Or now. We can talk about it now. No, no, no. We have oh. yeah. the flow. So all that, this weird mix, and then French hip-hop, so like NTM, I Am, uh, got a couple of CDs of that, but then what the sw- I think I wasn't, I was listening to that more as a product of my environment, but what really clicked for me and what made me first R&B and then hip hop is uh, followed too was really Usher My Way mm. and then just appreciating that all the songs that were on there um, was how I took off into R&B hip hop etc then TLT followed 8701 8701 that was my first Usher CD Usher Usher that's funny yeah I when I lived in Ohio, it was very hippie. It was very, um, grunge, a lot of grunge, like mm-hmm. Stone Temple Pilots, stuff like that. People listen to that. Um, and then I came to Texas and when I, when I moved to San Antonio, I had, I, even though I grew up in Texas before, my dad worked for the government. So we moved a little bit, but not every mm-hmm. two years or anything. So mm-hmm. coming from Texas, living in Ohio and then moving back to Texas in a more, um, urban area it was it was kind of a culture shock for me if you will like when I was in sixth grade because I came from this place where I could like ride my it was like now and then I could ride my bike everywhere Mm -hmm. and nobody cared and like nobody cared how you looked and we all listened to like whatever and it was like Gloria Stefan or or Stone Temple Pilots or the Cranberries or you know my sister was Mm -hmm. very much in the grunge phase and then I moved to San Antonio and it was like Usher, my way. And like all these girls in my seventh grade class were like pregnant. <laughs> and I Usher? And I was like, what is this? Like I, I didn't even I was like I was like, wait, what? Like I like didn't understand. It took me like a whole year to understand They made them wanna like what was legal. happening. They did it. Leave their the one they're with, start a new relationship That's with so you. Funny. It's what you do. It's 
what you she do. She ring and all the things that go along with it. Sorry. Make me. You make me. <laughs> That's Seven so funny. In the, on the top. So. In your drop top. Yeah. The streets. I got They're a real really pretty, 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 pretty little thing that's waiting for me. Waiting for me. That's really so funny. It's so crazy. The way that you mentioned that is just hilarious. Oh, well, it's true. <laughs> All these girls were pregnant? I'm like, oh, they because were pregnant. Of and I, I definitely did. Okay, like, I definitely felt like there was a huge chunk of childhood that I could have had. I, I mean, maybe I'm a little naive. I don't know. There, there was definitely more childhood to be had. And I felt like it was like, not. Nah! Usher happened. Like, Usher, and now <laughs> penis. And I was like, what? There's pe- Now you have to think about the penises. Ushers? And now you have to think about, you know, the 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 wanting to get in your pants things that you never had to think about when you were 10 years old because you're just, like, listening to jams, you know? Time out. <laughs> Speaking of Usher's penis, of recent things that are happening... Have you not heard about what's happening with Oh, this, this like, sex cult that he has? Yeah, and, like, what? how he gave people oh, herpes and yeah. stuff. And he's, like, the oh, ringleader of a sex cult with, like, 15-year-olds or something. But he's no, 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 that's R. Kelly. Oh, No, I'm that's sorry. R. Kelly. The sex yes. cult okay. thing is R. Kelly. I'm sorry. I was thinking Usher is being sued by a bunch of people. For? Yeah, because... For what? For giving them herpes. Oral herpes? Just herpes, herpes. Like I don't think oral herpes. Like like, like vaginal yeah. herpes. Downtown get down herpes. Down. Wait, yeah, I think there's three girls and a dude. I thought he was married. He is now. Oh. Just saying, we're talking about. Anyways, Sorry. I have a lot more to say about that. That you wanna get sure. freaky. Mm-hmm. Cause I freak you right. I will. I freak you right. I will. I'll freak you, freak you like no one's ever make you feel good. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> okay, so let's on a continuation of that. High school. My okay, so one, my formative years were the golden years of hip hop. I like there's no time better than that time, but I wasn't able to listen to hip hop for reals until, like I said, tenth grade. So. Uh, how old is 10th grade? 16? Yeah, 16. You turned 16 in 10th grade. I was a youngin'. Uh, I started school a little early. But, so, all of these things, like, just all of the music that was happening at that time, like, I was not into, let's say, 96 was... When I was 14, so that was like ninth grade for me. Mm-hmm. Never got to listen to Biggie at that time or like Jay-Z or Nas, right? Any of that stuff. So I'm already, you know, up to that point missing. I was too young to be like really into Run DMC or Sugar Hill Gang or any of those folks. Mm-hmm. So my first, my first, like I said, my first album was Eminem, but the first my first like rap superstar was Jay-Z. And I think yeah, it's The Rock. Diamond. Volume 3 was my first like the first CD that I was like I need to listen to this mm-hmm. from cover to cover and at all times before they were on time. Yeah, so that was like the can I get a years what? and um things of that nature. But <clears throat> 
also in high school, like the end of high school, 11th grade, was the first time I was exposed to what I call white people music. <laughs> so I met, I met, I went to this little retreat thing where I met these people who were from Silver Lake. If you're familiar with SoCal, like. Very hipster now? Mm, I don't know what it looks like now. I've, oh, I've never even been to Silver Lake. I've only. I know people from Silver Lake, and I'm still friends with a couple of people from there, like okay. on Facebook or whatever. Um, if you're listening, shout out to Liz Varget. Or, yeah, whatever. Shouldn't say last names, but I'll cut that out. <laughs> Anyways, so meeting these people who were listening to this white music. So as you were talking about, like Depeche Mode and all these people, like never heard of these guys. I watched MTV, but I would turn the channel. When that stuff came on, because I was like, I don't care about that. The main video that I would listen to was uh, Soundgarden, Black Hole Sound. Oh my god! I remember that music video, and it was so morbid, and it the Barbie was, doll was like right. burning. To me, I was like, I've never seen anything with these visuals. It was, so it was crazy. Really easy. That's all, that music video is the first it just music caught video me. I was like, what is going on right so now? Speaking of first music video ever, Prodigy, Smackdown. That was one I of remember the first stories about that song. And that video was just trippy as fuck. I also I don't know if you guys remember like first person he does all this. Yeah, stuff. no, I remember seeing it. I just remember how controversial it was. Oh yeah. I remember it, no doubt for me was like in middle school. This that- was where I was going. My first non black person C D was no doubt. And oh it was yeah. Think- Thanks to these people that I had Was it Tragic Kingdom? It was Tragic Kingdom. Oh, so good. Such a good album. That was my first... That was the first album, I think, because I had these other albums that I was very much influenced by other family members. Mm -hmm. That was the first album I ever got on my own. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like 13 or something, and Mm -hmm. it was great. Oh, I loved it. I it's fell in love with it immediately. Ska, I was like, what is this music? What is this? Ska. I want to dance, but I don't. And then on MTV, their video was... The, the spider web. Yeah, with yeah. the phones flying yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I was like, what that. is this? What's going on right now? Um, and that was when I was in like 11th grade. Or actually the summer before my senior year. And I was like, oh, okay, this is happening. There's other things in the world. Mm-hmm. No doubt was like my jam. And then... I think I had only found out about them uh, like a month or two before their second album came out, um, Return of Saturn. So I was all about buying that album. Like I got on the bus. I remember I went to the mall and was like, let's go get this thing on the day it comes out. And yeah, that was my introduction to any artist that's not black. Wow. That's funny. So at that age, funnily enough, so I was at, I was in firmly hip hop. R&B like side at that point but at that age we were so I don't know if what was the case for you guys but kids were super close minded like we were just clan up and mm-hmm. saying just like you said white people music like for me for us like rock is shitty techno is shitty like all that and then the funny thing is kind of a tangent but I think at this age we were all like, that's when Spice Girls, you were mentioning Spice Girls earlier, was happening. Britney was happening. Backstreet Boys was happening. We didn't really like it at that point. Like, we were hating on it. But now, we, I feel like we have a newfound appreciation for it. 
Interesting. Is that the case for you guys, or did well, I... I clearly am white. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like actually, you know, reflecting back at that time in my life, I never thought about things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is white people music, You're right? Because mm-hmm. I was white, so it's like this was music. Yeah, yeah. It's music. Um, but uh, but with but with the boy band thing and and the pop tart stuff. I was into it. Tartlets. Tartlets. Yeah, I was into it a little. I mean, this here's the thing. Like, I, I was, I've had a face for almost everything, right? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, at the end of the day, like, when you hear more about, like, my musical beginnings or how I got into tallow disco or my country background or whatever, it's like, there's a point in time where I've, I've had moments with each music. Yep. And, um, you know, I was embarrassingly enough, like, and I'm not embarrassed to say it, but I, I mean, I was really into Dave Matthews band for a long time. Okay. I oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> I was never into Dave Matthews band. But people give me shit about it and that's fine. And I was into it. And that for, from a classically trained musician who was in a band and a jazz band, you can understand why I would like that, right? I could also understand why people wouldn't like that. I get it. It's not everyone's jam. And, like, I was so into it, though, for, like, a couple of years, right? Like, there was a few years where I was really into it. And, like, I listen every now and then, like, every, like, five years, I'm, like, nostalgic about it. And I listen to, like, a couple songs. And I'm like, okay. I just, I need to say. Say At that. work, I, there's a Sonos, whatever, people play music on the Oh, and they put it on. Put it no, on. no, no, no. I don't listen to the songs a lot because oh. I'm just like, eh, whatever. I have my headphones on all the time. For some, literally last week, Somebody last put it on Thursday, no, it just popped into my, the space between popped into my oh. head. I'm talking old, old. No, but this is what yeah. I'm saying. Even though I don't know them that well, that song for some reason popped into my head and I had to listen to it on repeat. For That's like, crazy because I had to listen to it last week as well, and maybe we're like telepathically <laughs> conjoined. For no reason, though, because I there never. There was no reason for me either. I, never I haven't listened even to listened it. to Dave Matthews in like four years, and I was. But here's the thing, you guys. It's like, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier. I remember being younger when I was in my Dave Matthews phase, and when I was a pure classical musician, right? Like I was like, no, I'm not gonna listen to anything that's not real musicians you know like like the idea of pushing a button she just pantomimes I, I, I also was in a mime troupe called mime time when i Where was you in now? middle what school what can you not do but um it's probably what we're it's kind of it's kind of strange <laughs> but i was really into that stuff and like i was saying it the idea of not liking music like that mm-hmm. like the idea of liking music where somebody does it manipulates like a MIDI controller or like a computer or Mm -hmm. whatever to make music to me at that time in my life wasn't real music Mm -hmm. because all I knew was that right Mm -hmm. but it's crazy how much how much changes for you um environmentally Mm -hmm. musically artists get like even just like like through your friends like it doesn't matter and I, I think that one of the greatest things that can happen to you on your musical journey is to have something change your mind that you're so rigid about. Mm-hmm. Because I shit you not, 20, 15, 13, 10 years ago, if you were to tell me that I liked house music, I would be like, I bet you a million dollars that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I love 
house music. Mm-hmm. House. Traditional house. Yep, I'm yep. talking Derek Carter, um, Frankie Knuckles. I'm talking real, you know, house, like, legends, like, that created the genre. Not mm-hmm. EDM is a very different thing. It's a conversation for a different day. Not the same thing. Um, but, you know, and, and that's, that's, like, the beauty of music that... It gets you to change your mm-hmm. mind. And I remember when I first moved here, I had this roommate who we had these conversations about artists. And um, I don't remember who the artist was at the time. It might have been Radiohead. It might have been... I don't have no idea. I have no idea. It could have been anyone. Mm-hmm. But she made the statement that uh, they're this artist. They have the same sound. Mm-hmm. I expect them to make similar music all the time. And if it's not the same, I don't want to listen to it. Whereas I came in and said, actually, I think the opposite. Mm -hmm. I think if I think the best thing that I think as an artist, the best thing that you can give a listener is an album that they fucking hate Mm -hmm. and then they love. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because heartbreaks. Right, because you're 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 growing, and if you if you produce the same thing over and over again, you're not growing in your musical development, your or emotional development. And a lot of mm-hmm. times, it's similar, right? Agreed. Musical and emotional development are attached. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's like okay, cool. But if you're producing something where you have to think about, do I like this? I don't know. I don't. But wait, I kind of do. But I have to listen to it. It's growing on me. It's yeah. growing on me. Oh, I actually like it more now. Oh, well, I didn't. But, you know, it's like mm-hmm. that's the beauty of music. And that's the beauty of music evolution and where I could say I like New Wave. I like mm-hmm. Hank Williams. Yep. I like <laughs> Jewish musicals. I like No Doubt. I like disco music and Italo disco music, which we still haven't talked about. But all those things combine together. And it's a very... Beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. No, totally agree. And remember the trigger for me, this is going to be funny, is to open up to rock again, Green Day. That's not funny. That's oh, awesome. That's God, cool. I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. Do you guys remember Dare to keep the, the kids off drugs? Yeah. yeah. Dare mm-hmm. the, the, to keep yeah, the kids yeah. off drugs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but when I was in Ohio, our police force created a dare cover band and we had a dare this is crazy so all of the all of the schools in the like tri-county area went to this huge assembly oracle arena type place and the cops formed their own cover band and they came out and they played all these cover songs from the early 90s mostly green day and they were all playing they're all wearing dare shirts and we all got dare shirts and they were playing um uh green day uh what was the first album? Do, do, Dookie? Doogie something. I can't remember the name of it. They are playing all those songs. And I remember being like, this is the life. It was 10. This is the life. With police officers being civil. Sorry, different conversation. Oh. Yeah. I know. I'm also white, so. I know, different conversation. Sorry. It's That's what okay. came in my head. Um, so. So that's what opened me to back. I guess, because since I was a lot all over, oh, and sorry, classically trained musician as well, started, I, I learned classical guitar since I was eight or nine for 10 years, and my teacher only allowed me to play classical music. 
Okay. Like pure, like Spanish, and the only. Wow, that's intense. Only breaks for he would guitar. Allow. That's intense. Exactly. For guitar. He makes only, you super good at guitar. Only exceptions he would allow was Beatles songs, which, which actually, you knew. which actually stuck well with my dad because you knew big, that. I know exactly. So it was funny. So he let me learn Lady Madonna. He let me learn Hey Jude. He let me learn all that. Isn't that weird how it's like? I did not even listen to any Beatles music until whenever Spotify put them on. What? Like that was late. That was like like within the last year. Oh, I had a big. I never. So so my parents didn't listen. Or at least I didn't listen to the Beatles with my mm-hmm. parents as possible. They probably did. Um, but I definitely had a big phase in college for like three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least. Let's yeah. continue on this college phase. That's where we're going to go next. Go for it. College. Well, she can continue. Yep. I also really have to pee. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I like, I'm like, I'm, I'll be right back. I'm sorry. Line. Okay, so college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that, LLA. Liquid level adjustments. Um. Okay, so I was in um, I was in the band at UT my freshman year at college. So I marched on the field and I was in concert band and I played the piccolo and it sounds like this. It's like um, like your dogs are always like ar 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 like mm. stop it. Um. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm enjoying some scotch. Uh, it's cool. No, but okay. So I did that <clears throat> my first year there. And then I got into music promotion mm-hmm. for some of the venues. And Austin is very much a... It's the live music capital of the world, they say. I don't know how accurate that is. But um, I'm like, anyone can say that. But. America is the world. <laughs> um, but they there's always multiple places where you can go see a show any night of the week, like mm-hmm. whether that's a singer songwriter or whether that's a band full on production, whatever, there's always something for you to check out. And so at that time when I lived there, um, that like blues rock, uh, mo- modern at the time, punk rock, I guess like I got really into like Arctic monkeys. I got into, that like you know Kasabian like that Brit- Keen like that yep, British yep, yep. lifestyle mm. music. Um, I got into that and you know then Kings and Leon at the time. This is like early two thousands and all that jam. So I got into that. My face again has made people pause. I'm sorry. No, I mean it's fine. Uh, to be fair, Kings and Leon became something very different than when I first listened to it because my sister gave me the album in 2003, their debut album, when they all had beards and they were like Appalachian Mountain Men. I don't know who these people are. Oh, <laughs> it's they're very different when they first started when from when that they became sense, commercialized. Yeah. Also, for context, Justin had never heard of Pink Floyd until a few months ago. What? I still haven't listened to any Pink Floyd music. Um. Again, yeah. Whatever, people. I'm just, I'm setting context. I'm just saying to your face. What? To your face. I thought you were giving me a look like that's too white. (laughs) No, he has no clue who you're talking about. I only heard of these people. Well, yeah, so I used to listen to all kinds of stuff like that. That was college for you? 
This was college. Pink Floyd I, was around before we no, were. No, Pink college. Floyd was around in the seventies yeah, and the eighties. And my my sister actually, the one closest in age to me, saw them in nineteen ninety four. And um, so I, so she kind of brought them. So I went and saw like the other side of the moon river when they match up the mm-hmm. the Wizard of Oz thing. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you never heard this. <laughs> You've never heard of other side of the moon. Other side of the rainbow, other side the of the only thing I know is the wall. So Wait, they a, did something that was with Wizard of no, Oz? Oh no, they didn't do this on purpose. It's a whole album that if you sync it up from the third lion's roar of MGM, roar, roar, roar of the beginning of Wizard of Oz, and you play the album, it choreographs it it sinks. And it's oh. very creepy and weird. And sometimes they do Dark Side of the Moon, okay. if you will, showcases where they... So, yeah, I did... Let's talk season. about this afterwards, because I... Well, we <laughs> talk about it. This. I've done all that stuff, too. Never do. Hmm. Pink Floyd. Well, again, if you've never heard of Pink Floyd until a few months ago, that would make sense. My favorite band in college, though, this was... I saw these people ten times. Um... Ghostland Observatory and the OOs uh, in Austin. It was a guy, two guys. They used to do Lollapalooza and, and ACL, and they would tour around. And they were my very first exposure to dance band, mm-hmm. if you will. Yep. All of the bands I went before were like cool. Mm-hmm. And you would say, and be like, "Cool, just bob your head." Yeah, slightly. you bob your head, or or maybe move a little bit, but it wasn't dance mm-hmm. band. Yeah. And so, um, Ghostland Observatory was my first introduction to that. Okay. Right. Just in your college years, as you bob your head. So sorry, I'm thinking of all kind of things. Um, Airplanes. Yes, airplanes are taking off. Uh, so I really regard college as most people's like this, like the second formative period yeah, the second of coming. their lives musically, right? Because up to a certain point, like you start with your parents, you start, you know, with what they listen to, whether you liked it or not. Again, um, and then you have, you know, your younger years where you're like, oh listening to all this stuff and taking it in and then I think in college the college age because everybody doesn't go to college right but I think that's when when your when your own world opens up like things become bigger after high school and either you directly go into working or you if you're really rich and lucky you go to travel for a little bit or even in college you go to travel right you you just start a different Part of your life and you're exposed to so many more things so for me college was a crazy period musically that was when um when i moved to college was the first time like t1 lines existed for internet so you could download songs in minutes instead of days and when Thanks, napster like yeah when i went to college napster was like the big thing, like, I started with Napster in high school, and it took me three days to download a song. But when I got to college, it was like, you can just, you can download so many things. And so, for me, again, and in meeting all these people, like, I was the only black person in my dorm. Yeah. Um, 
just so much stuff and it's really funny i'm going to shout out my one of my product managers denise um they were talking about oh god i don't remember the name of that song but it was one of the songs that one of my dorm mates listened to all the time and so they have been playing it recently i'm like i hate this song because i've heard it so much um but that was my exposure to a lot of different things so for me in college that was when i started listening to like system of a down oh my god i got exposed to those guys and limp biscuit that was my high school for me right yeah. but i'm so far behind because that wasn't my like i didn't know any of that stuff existed mm-hmm. right um lincoln park i didn't that guy just die he, yeah, he did chester biddington but that was when i first and i feel like that his those cds came out before um so I was like late to the game, but that was when I started listening to stuff and people were like Aza Motley, like I had never heard of this before, but I was like listening to it in college and just getting all of these influences from people and from places that I just, I was not familiar with. And it's like, okay, this stuff exists, right? And my parents were never into musicals. Um, I knew nothing about musicals, but college was the first time that I went to go see Les Mis and was just like, oh, this exists? Like, I love acting and I love singing and I I love that this is a thing, right? And I had people for my birthdays do, like, turn my birthday into a musical, like a, a real-life thing. Like, it was amazing. That's awesome. I was excited about life. But for that time, for me, it was just, like, coming out of my shell, like, really getting into music that I had never even thought of and like just be like okay give it all to me like let's mm-hmm. listen to this Madonna even though that was the 80s stuff like just like oh okay I can listen to this stuff like let's get into it and I think that was also a time where I really got into going back into the roots of hip hop so for me that was like my discovery phase of people like I mentioned earlier um, Jay Z like listening to his previous catalog before Volume 3 and getting introduced to Nas because of the beef that they had and just like let's listen to Illmatic and these things and get your your history up right mm-hmm. listening to all the old school stuff that was when I was like oh hey let's listen to the Sugar Hill Gang and figure out what this whole business started with and so for me that was just like discovery and growing mm-hmm. I guess and I got exposed to just so many things and realized that music was much more than R&B or, or hip hop. And, you know, really that was the beginning of my, what, again, what I call white people music. Interesting. <laughs> right. I'm like 19 and like, oh, hey, what does this mean? What? I remember actually, like my first exposure to, let's say like Nora Jones or... Vanessa Carlton was my jam. I was <laughs> just like, oh I man. I totally see you being into that. It was, it started my love of white women who play... Piano? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff stemmed from the end of my college time. I was like, oh, oh this is good stuff. So like Regina Spector and Sarah Bareilles and just, oh my gosh. All that stuff started from the very end of my oh, college wow. time. Because I just didn't know that this stuff existed, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. Um, I have a similar story to you in terms of college. Um, oh, you like white women playing piano? Not that part. <laughs> I, I mean, I like I like him. It's not just a as much as an obsession for me as it is for Justin. Sarah Bareilles is Spot an on. obsession. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen her like six times in concert. Holy shit! Okay. Um, oh yeah, she's the best. So for me, it was so I wasn't in the dorms for my bachelor's. Uh, so in France, you do bachelor's and master's right one after the other. There's no break. It's just part of continuity of. Uh, going to going to college. So bachelor's, I was um, engineering, doing engineering degree, and I wasn't in the dorm, but my friends were, and I would crash there, like when I would hang out at their dorm. They they had this network of all the computers are connected to each other, and yeah. you could just grab music or you know, oh, that's cool. movies from anyone else that shared on the dorm. So I did a lot of catch up, just like you, like old school. What? Like old school hip hop, um, EDM. Like it opened more like green. I started like I said earlier. I opened with Green Day, and then funny story when talking about rock is one of my biggest guilty pleasures when it comes to TV shows is One Tree Hill. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> why? Basketball <laughs> mainly. That was only for like the first season. Uh, continued, but anyways. I discovered a lot of kind of emo, pop rock, punk rock out of One Tree Hill, like Gavin DeGraw, who was doing the theme song, yeah. and a lot of Lifehouse and all that. So that opened up. I that remember thing. that time in my life. See? <laughs> I remember that um, time. I, mean, I remember it too, but I'm just like, really? So yeah, I, I, was I, mean, just, I was just grabbing music off of the show, <laughs> and then Justin cannot right now. I really oh, I love it. I love all of it. Sorry, go ahead. But keep going. Uh, Don't stop going. But yeah, there's that. And then in France, like you mentioned earlier, like all the DJs today that are big and make basically just dance music were coming up, like Daft Punk or David Guetta or whatnot. Um, so that was just everything. I was just absorbing everything. White women playing piano as well later on. But Man. College was so long ago. I know. We're I know. I'm so um, Makes me sad. Okay. I guess um, post college then. Um, so post college till now. Mm-hmm. How I got into DJing. How did you become a DJ? Uh, I mentioned I, I, I taught my DJ friend who mm-hmm. introduced me to her friend, blah, blah, yeah. blah, taught me how to mix. Yeah. So at that time in my life, I was listening to remixes of indie songs and. Um, you know, like LCD Sound System and Radiohead and blah, 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 all these songs. Mm-hmm. So I, I got really into remixes of modern stuff. And then through DJing, I became a huge disco fan. Huge. And I was into disco a little bit here and there before. Like, I always liked Gloria Gaynor and I always liked... Abba. Yeah, Abba and stuff like that. But really exploring disco changed my life it sounds and it's not so cheesy but it really did change my life and i think it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that i live here in san francisco mm-hmm. and we have a, a big disco culture and it's um it's not only the music it's a lifestyle here mm-hmm. and i befriended um my friend sergio that helped teach me how to dj his one of his 
DJ partners, if you will, is um, this man called Steve Fabus, who literally has been DJing his whole life. Okay. He's 70-something years old. <laughs> He's only been a disco DJ since the 70s. He's DJed wow. Chicago, New York, San Francisco, all he's ever done has been a vinyl disco DJ. Wow. And um, being a, being exposed to those relationships and learning what they know, what, what shaped them and yep, these yep. things, it's it's very it's very interesting. And um, I don't know how much you guys know about disco. And it's very easy if you don't to be like, <laughs> whatever, disco sucks. But like actually that terminology disco sucks. Um came from kings of rock and roll like that time like the disco derby when they like blew up all the records and Fenway or not Fenway um the Cubs Wrigley Field mm-hmm. um so people said disco sucks because it's primarily gay at the time in the 80s and 70s it's primarily gay obviously so what do they say disco sucks like you're mm-hmm. sucking a penis yeah. so that's how the terminology of like oh you suck oh Shut up, you suck. That came to be because they created these shirts that were like, disco sucks because oral sex. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And then they blew up all the records and all these things. Today I learned. So, going back to the teledisco conversation. Mm -hmm. At this time in music, uh, disco died in America. Everybody blew up the records Mm -hmm. in Wrigley Field. They were like, rock and roll forever, blah, 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 disco sucks. Mm -hmm. Well, in Europe it didn't die. And actually, the the godfather or the father of Italo disco, if you will, is Giorgio Moroder, yeah. who um, made Donna <laughs> Summer who who she is. In an album I, with that podcast. Do you, do you guys know who Giorgio Moroder is? I know who he is because of you. Giorgio, I know because of that punk. So Giorgio Moroder is a big time Italian um, music producer, DJ, musician. Everything from the 70s, he made Donna Summer who she was. So in 1975, he worked with her on, um, on uh, I can't recall the name of that album off the top of my head. The album that came out in 1975 with MacArthur Park and, oh, I'm baby, that, all, that, all that stuff. So he, she, he worked with her on that and... She was just like a side person, and he picked her, and she became this huge star. Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of different productions. He went on to do um, win Academy Awards, if you will, for uh, Top Gun for Berlin, Take My Breath Away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Flashdance, I think. He did. He did Never Ending Story. He did la 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 la. la. He did like all, all of these things, yeah. and um, and. And also influenced Daft Punk. And then their most recent album, a few years ago, they interviewed him, and one of the songs is him. And then right, he created right, and yeah. then he and then he cre- he came back and he did this whole tour last year, the year before. I, we went and saw him, and it was great. But um, but yeah. So, anyways, he he was the godfather of Italo disco, and so when a disco died in America, it didn't die in Europe, and. There's this whole subgenre called Italo Disco, mostly generated by a label called XZX, and um, it's German, and they, you know, it, it was, it was, it, it's very 
cheesy sounding. It, it's it's full of cheese with synthesizers and you know like I, I can give you guys some songs you can edit in, but it, it's it's very different style of music and. Um, if you're a huge DJ nerd and if you like techno and if you dig for records and if you're like a creator, like I dig in the crates, you're into that stuff. And I have this party called Galaxy Radio that showcases that style of music. Nice. Okay. <laughs> that went deep right there. Yeah. I mean, Justin, you're following that and I'm not. Oh, I'll, I mean, so the funny thing is that. And this is what I love when I talk with her about music. Like, the the area of music that you fell in love with is right before the area of love that I fell in. Or, sorry, area of music that I fell in love with. To be fair, you can go back in time and fall in love with stuff at different times. So No, I could. But the thing is, hip-hop was also on the heels of, in America... Yes! The, At the, the same right. time. And they were like, we don't want this music anymore. We want to we want to do like the scratching and the breaking, right? So but all that of that came stuff from disco. No, I know. It was existing at the same time at the very tail end of what disco was and with all this violence that was happening in New York, that is where the roots of hip hop grew. And so Do you know why it's called hip hop? No. Go ahead and and educate. Do you know? No, I don't. I said no. Educate. You know that song, Sugar Hill Gang? I said hip. Oh, hip hop. Hippies at the hippity yeah. hip hop. Yeah. So that song that they're sampling is Chic. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. people didn't know what that song was, and they went to the record stores, and they said, I want that album. I, the right. hip, the hop. The hip, right. the hop. And people would get... Yeah, and, the, and that's how, that's how yeah. the genre became hip hop. And so the thing is... Right, because the, all the music that was popular at that time was this disco music. and But what people wanted to do was, let's take the breakdowns of those songs, right? Where the drums would come in and where it'd be like, I guess, technically, what is it called? The breaks? Uh, it's the, a breakdown. The break, right? It's a breakdown. And so you take that song and you take that part and you would loop it. You would just, the DJs would mark it and they would scratch, mm-hmm. not scratch, but they would rewind it so that what you'd get on, this is what the turntables would do. Mm-hmm. Yep. You'd get a continuous loop of that drum break. That area. Yep, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where that all came from. And so, again, the fun part for me is like listening to, you know, Emily just break it down. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, yeah, during that time, this is what was happening. Mm-hmm. This is why I think, okay, have your opinions if you will, but Kanye as an artist, I think he's amazing. Yes. And one of the things that's amazing about him, if if you're open-minded, you could hate him, if you will, whatever. One of the things that makes him amazing is that what he brings to the table that his listener base previously wouldn't listen to. He was the first person in, first person in, I'm talking top 40 radio airplay hip hop artist that brought this electronic Daft Punk sound into hip hop, right? Mm-hmm. His song, um, he, he, he brings, he, he mashes these things together, which I'm sure happens streetwise, whatever. I'm talking top 40 mainstream stuff. 
Um, Stronger. Right. All that stuff. And then Fade. So something you might not know. Maybe I talked about this when you came on because it might have been around the time that you came to my show last year. But that song Fade that he did, Fade Away, that background song is a house song by a group called Adonis that is a very famous house record. And unless you listen to house music, you would not know that. (laughs) So a lot of his listener base probably doesn't know that. Mm -hmm, And to them, they're like, this is amazing beat. This is great. And like... He does a great job of merging these two worlds and giving people credit where credit's due. Like, that's clearly not his song, but, like, making it this new genre for people that never knew that existed that would potentially go down the rabbit hole of finding out other songs that sound like that that they might like. And that's what he's Mm -hmm. great at. He's a fucking great producer. The thing that I will not go too deep into, but I agree with you, Early Kanye, I don't like current Kanye. Well, that's the musical evolution. Personal. That's the musical evolution. No, he... Oh, Life of Pablo? Yeah. I'm just referring to that one song. Just because I knew that that album was Since his mother passed, he's not been the same. And to be fair, I saw him the night before his mother died. He performed in Dallas literally the night before He's not been the same since then. So if we're talking about the, the like the musical genius part, you know his last like the last solid Kanye is like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I, I liked that one too. It's uh, a good CD. It's my favorite CD. That's the last one that I would I say. did enjoy Jesus a lot. I'm just saying. Here's the thing. I dislike him as much as I like him. Right. I, I don't right. have an opinion. It's half and half now. I'm saying. He does a really good job of bringing to the table in a genre, rap and hip hop, that traditionally doesn't acknowledge that stuff. I feel like what he... uh, It's hard. I don't don't want to sit in front of you and be like, okay, calm down. Because no, that's very important. What he did and the way that he sampled was very important. It was very different than what happened before, which was like... The golden era of flashy music, or I don't think he really sampled as much before. No, he did. He, this is the thing. This is the thing. Again, maybe it's more. Maybe Puff, I'm just more into the music that he sampled that I'm recognizing. Bad Boy and Puff Daddy and what well, they, they were all, doing. And everybody samples. No, no, just hear me out. The thing that they were doing was they were literally lifting the entire song mm-hmm. and making it different, right? So this. Before I met with you earlier this afternoon, I was listening to Diana Ross, and I'm listening to I'm Coming Out or whatever, right? Which is More more Money, More Problems from the Life After Death CD on Biggie's second album. But all of the music that they did in that time was literally just lifting those songs and just making them again. What Kanye is very good at is taking the most recognizable parts of songs and putting and them into turning it, yeah. them into something different. And it's, it's not different enough. I would agree it's, with that. It's so familiar that you recognize where they come from, but it's so different that it's it's a it's a, a new thing. But I think my point is that he's been doing it with techno or or yes. house, whereas traditionally it's right. been disco or right. You know I agree what with I mean? you. That's it's the like thing that he brings to it. It's just a different. Mm-hmm. 
It's just a slight twist. Right, because It's he, just more of an electronic twist. Him, musically, he's willing to say... And, I mean, you can see this in his personality. When he talks about anything, he's just like, I'm okay with being avant-garde, right? And, and doing what he wants to do. And so, from Kanye, we get artists like Lupe Fiasco, who mm-hmm. was like, I'm not even going to deal with the mainstream whatever. I'm going to build all this buzz and I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No worries. This is a, this will be a, this is a different thing. So back to like the family tree stuff. I think for me, like let's say like post, this is now post college time, right? Um, for me, a lot of, a lot of exploration into, again, the depths of, what hip-hop was or how hip-hop lived and for me i got really excited about under like underground rap at this point right post-college i'm listening to Talib Kweli for the first time i'm listening to um dilated peoples i'm listening to uh just a bunch of different things Mm -hmm. right i found most deaf during this period of my life um and my first, I don't remember what my first concert was, but I do remember that it was during my college period. And it was like, a, it was one of those like summer jam kind of shows mm-hmm. where the Roots were there and yeah. Quali was there and Nas was there and all these people. It was not a specific like, I'm going to go see this one artist. And I just remember the rabbit holes that took me down. You know, I got so deep into these things where I would just all day literally be like, okay, today is going to be Illmatic Day or today is going to be It Is Written Day or whatever. And it was just so um, interesting because, again, to piggyback off of what you're saying, like listening to these rap albums made me go back and listen to where they sampled this stuff from. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to like, wasn't even into at this point, Tribe Called Quest, but you know, the things that um, Q-Tip would put into his music are these old, like these really old soulful things. And you know, he's pulling so many different songs into what he made. Um, and I would just get really into like listening to all this soul music and just, mm-hmm. this is where this came from. And blah 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 and I would get really deep into back into my musical roots of listening to Stevie Wonder and listening to a bunch of songs that I were I was not familiar with at that point right because my dad was I think my dad's favorite song was he was made to love her <laughs> and that's like super early Stevie Wonder like he's still teenager Stevie right but I'm listening to all these obscure songs that I hadn't heard before and yeah, I just, I think what was interesting about that time for me was just being able to go back and really appreciate the things that, like, you're talking about, Emily, is seriously, where does this music come from? Mm-hmm. I know that this is not brand new at this point, so yeah. really diving into what are the roots of these songs, what are the layers of this music, and where do they come from? Because you really... You know, you mentioned this earlier. It's like you really get to know somebody by what their story is. Oh, yeah. And I'm listening to these producers and what they 
what they have picked out because that's what they listen to. Right. That's why they're making it. All these songs came from what they listened to when they were growing up. And so the stuff that they liked, which might not be very popular or may not be very well known for people that were my age at that time, just like, oh, okay, this is this nugget. And now I hear this. And let me go find out what that came from. And knowing that that's from my father's time or even from, you know, we were talking about before when my father was like super into music. If we talk about the last couple of Kanye CDs, like Bound has just so many pieces. Like I've pulled th- uh, the the, uh, the history of his sample was like three different songs. And listening to what that looked like and it was just interesting that was my post-college life is mm. also full of backstreet boys i'm sorry oh i did gosh, not I and in sync i did not know about those guys until like end yeah. of college post-college what i know i know i'm sorry i'm sorry guys i'm sorry but at least i got exposed to them at some point That's yes crazy. you did so i'm not super huge into like a lot of Britney Spears, not super huge into a lot of NSYNC. I only had one NSYNC CD. I never bought a Backstreet Boys CD. Me neither. But I did purchase No Strings Attached, and I listened to that thing front to back a lot. So. That's great. Okay, I guess, like, to end the cast, if we were to go around and talk about our top five artists... Wait, before us. we do that, I do, I want to know what you guys are listening to right now. Like, what song right now, or songs right now, get you excited? What artists or songs? No, literally the songs. Like, to the songs. But we can go back to, like, I like your idea. I like, like your idea. Closer. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to know what you guys are listening to right now. So mine is cute because I went to see Hans Zimmer last night at the Greek. Hans Zimmer, if you guys don't know, is very famous Hollywood well he's German but he's a composer for uh, Hollywood movie soundtracks and he basically arguably uh, has basically defined what Hollywood soundtracks sound like now because he kind of defined it early in his career when he did Crimson Tide and things like that but he also started this basically the school this think tank where a lot of the famous composers now are coming from um, anyways, so I'm, I've been listening to, I make, I made us a, a playlist on Spotify from a set list. So I've been just been listening to that all week. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, I tend to listen to, I guess it would be electro pop mm-hmm. artists, modern electro pop artists, if you will, if they have new releases or whatever. Um, recently I've been really, there's a label called Italians Do It Better that does, uh, Chromatics, Last Candy, uh, Heaven. Um, they've been doing some stuff for David Lynch's revival of Twin Peaks. Twin Peaksies? Twin Peaksies. So I've been listening to, um, Chromatics, especially, uh, there's a, a single she has called Shadow. Um... So that, and on top of that, it's like an ethereal, breathy kind of female vocal on top of like hard uh, guitar, echoey guitar, if that makes any sense. But um, there's that style. And Mm -hmm. then on top of that, I'm also listening to Toro Imoa's latest album, 
from a couple months ago. It's good. I, I really I'm have been into it. I've been really into it and listening to it a lot. So that is that mostly I'm the stuff I'm drawn to now is in that realm of that electro mm-hmm. poppy modern dance style. What are you listening to right now, Justin? Two What's songs. in your Spotify? Two songs. And I don't know how to classify them in a way that keeps me respectable, but one is Demi Lovato, who I would ne- I would never think that I would listen to her. Oh, whatever. Uh, I played her video game and it's pretty fun. So Dude, <laughs> ever. Like, ever. Her Sorry I'm Not Sorry, Sorry Not Sorry is the name of the song. It's, it just, I was like, Disney kids can sing? What? Did not know. Try, but um, wasn't Ryan Gosling a Disney kid? Disney? He was. He was. Yeah. yeah. He was during uh, the Justin, Tim- Justin Timberlake. JT, time. Brittany, yeah. Christina. <laughs> I just, I just, that was not something I was willing to delve into. That's funny. And I think I heard it at work on Sonos and I was like, oh, is this a black person singing? <laughs> And then I looked up and I was like, oh, God, this is Demi Lovato? <laughs> this is a black person. She can, she can sing. <laughs> well, I just... Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. The other song is a song that I learned of on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by Calvin Harris featuring Pharrell and... Uh, I can't remember the girl's name. Sorry. Pharrell and Big Sean and... So not slide the other one. Uh, it's called Feels. Feels that one. Such a good song. I've been listening to that all week. It's I, a good summer just, album. It. That I don't. The thing is, I don't like the rest of the music on that album. I like that song because it sounds. It's like funky. It's very classic. It's like it's very funky. That it sounds like a mix of like Earth, Wind, and Fire, mm. and a little bit of. Just Pharrell's influence. Katy Perry, that's the person who's on that song. All right, time out. (laughs) Just speaking of summer songs, how do you guys feel about... Because for me, Maria Maria was such a big hit. Yes. At that age. And now with Wild Thoughts by DJ Khaled. I have not heard that song. You have not heard it? It's been... over the radio. Is it? I don't listen to the radio. That's it kind of breaks thing. my heart a little bit. That's that's the thing. Like I'm at that age now where I'm like, oh, new music. Uh. I only so No, it's actually proven. There's the research around it that says after the age of 34, 33, 34, that it's harder for you to listen to new stuff that you're not exposed to. Interesting. Well, I haven't listened to the radio in like six years or so like this is not the only new so i only listen to radio when i'm driving which which is i'll just say i'm 34 now but i haven't listened to radio in a long time so that's rare but i do check the new releases on spotify yeah you still listen to that what the spotify spotify i don't i don't i don't i get exposed to things because i watch youtube all the time so if (laughs) i hear something in the background of youtube or whatever that's how I find out about new music. I don't listen to the new stuff on mm-hmm. uh, Spotify at all. Okay. Which is weird. You would think that I would, but I don't. I heard that the Feels song, I literally, it blew my mind. I just heard it on, I heard it, I did hear it on the radio on the Lyft car that I was in on Tuesday to take me to work. Hmm. It was playing and I was like, dude, 
I'm, I'm okay with this, and I looked it up. Yeah, Shazam it. No, he had one of those like uh, satellite radios oh. that it, on his um, yeah, dashboard it yeah. showed what the song was, and I was like, I typed a note into my phone and was like, okay, look this up later, and I did, and I was like, oh, this is good. All right, Emily, top five artists, go. Yeah, let's top go. five artists, Radiohead. Paranoid Android was a really good, really good video. Okay, computer album. Hands down, favorite album of all time. Okay. Hand, hands down, I use yeah that that one. Uh, LCD Sound System, um, Donna Summer, <laughs> Depeche Mode, uh, and then for the fourth one, I'm gonna throw in a twist, and I'm gonna say George Strait. Oh, that is yeah. a twist. Okay. Yeah. Enchanté. So hard, Justin. Go for it. <laughs> I can't. So this is just top five artists? These are top five artists that have influenced you as a person. That have influenced me as a person. Yeah. Oh my god. That's really difficult. Because like I don't listen to George Strait on a day-to-day basis. Right. But there's a lot of nostalgia and things that bring me home to my family because I don't live there anymore and he's from San Antonio and there's that country traditional family Mm -hmm. aspect of Mm -hmm. myself that I find in Mm -hmm. him. Um, I mean, do I listen to him, you know, regularly? No, but no, that brings you, it okay. brings comfort to you. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. In that sense. All right. So still hard, but number one is Stevie Wonder. If you are a child of the eighties and you have children now and your children don't listen to Stevie Wonder, I feel like you are doing them a disservice. And to be fair, I didn't get into Stevie Wonder until I started DJing disco music. I'm just putting that out there. You are doing your kids a disservice if you do not let them listen to Stevie Wonder. That man is a genius. Period. Um, Obviously, Whitney Houston. um, Jay-Z, for sure, for me. Um... I feel like Eminem for me also. Okay. Nice choice. Nice choice. Yeah. I just think that in terms of taking the, like a genre that was popularized by someone who was not your racial background mm-hmm. and being able to dominate that. Totally. He has done a he's really one good of the, job. He is that. voted one of the best top 10 he's, rappers of all time. Yeah, no. He's an amazing lyricist. My favorite rapper all uh, uh, Ice Cube. That's a a conversation for another Yeah, let's talk about taking it back to the 90s, right? So where am I at? Am I at three? You're at four. 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 Okay, one more. Um, Yeah. No Doubt is your first white people music? But they don't... They didn't really... For me, yeah, they did influence me to stuff. But I think for only like two albums. Because once... The third album came out. I was like, "What are you guys doing with your life?" Yeah, that's true. It was kind of weird. It got kind of weird. Hella good was a weird song. It's kind of weird. But it grew on me because, whatever. Um, man, this is it's kind of hard. It's tough. Difficult for the fifth. Oh, okay. No, I know. Um, Kendrick Lamar. Mm. Nice. Just choice. because of the way that he's able to uh, mix his 
ability to be a wordsmith with some of the uh, most potent topics of the day. I, I think that he encourages people to really draw from their own experiences and, and talk about them in ways that a lot of rappers are either afraid to do or are not able to do. So, yeah, he's my number five. I don't know if I can reach five. It's going to be tough. Um, number one, Usher, I mentioned earlier. I think Confessions is still one of my favorite albums of all time. My way. My way. My way? My way. Yours? Okay. No. <laughs> um, 8701. <laughs> for you? Um, yeah, it's funny because there was a time where You Remind Me and No Scrubs was on the radio all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was my golden age. Yeah. It's like the late 90s. Yeah. Like 97, 98. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was like it was like right when Carson Daly became TRL host. Like yeah. Before, right before yeah. American Pie uh-huh. came out. Um, yeah. I mean, and Justin knows this. I enjoy dancing a lot. And Usher was like, my guy that I wanted to dance like uh, growing up. So there was, and the way he dresses, and I don't know about his herpes thing. <laughs> <laughs> sex cult, I know where that, that that's at. That's, the sex cult is the R. Sex Kelly. Sex cult, I, that, that is R. Kelly. Let's just, let's just clear the air. That's <laughs> yeah, R. That was, Kelly. That was the wrong one. Definitively. Mr. Sorry. Raymond, you're off the hook for that. But he's on the hook for a few herpes cases. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so... Um, Jesus. Um, John Williams. Ooh. Yeah, good. I was talking about movie soundtracks earlier, and the early movies I was listening to, I was watching as a kid, was Superman. Like, Superman theme was all the time. Like, I remember I had that movie on VHS, and always rewind to just the intro of that Superman theme hitting. Yeah. And then obviously Star Wars and Indiana Jones and just those formative years of those movies you watch. So John Williams is up there. Um, Kendrick is there because he's my favorite rapper right now for all the reasons that Justin mentioned earlier. Um, I'm going to throw in Dr. Dre. D-R-D-R-E. Just because... There's three years from NWA to him producing Eminem, mm-hmm. 2001, mm-hmm. Uh, The Chronic, all that. I remember when Chronic came out, Chronic 2. Mm. Yeah, 2001. So just those years, uh, what am I at, four? I know, I think that was... Was that five? I think that was five. Okay. Usher, John Williams, Dr. Dre, oh, three. Kendrick. No, you Four. said something between Usher and John Williams. No. You have one more. Fuck. <laughs> no, I thought you said... No? Mm-mm. One more. Uh, Green Day. Oh, Green Day. we did talk about Green Day. Yeah. There we go. Those five right now. Not necessarily my top favorite right now, but... No, right now, I agree. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah, these, yeah, are, yeah. these are, is, these are yeah. artists that you identify mm-hmm. with at some point in your time yeah. and that yeah. shaped you in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Actually, hmm, I feel like a close runner-up, even though you said this, I feel like I will say Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Because Return of Saturn was like, it was a growth, like a growth uh, CD for her. 
And I really identify with the way that she was like reaching out about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that whole album was about how I want to get married, I want to have kids, I want to like do these things. It was all about Gavin Rossdale. And it's sad that that's not a thing anymore, but I'd say a close runner up. Uh, Lauren Hill. Yeah, that. The City Kitchen was one of my CDs. Fuji, Fuji's was one of my first albums yeah. that I really liked. There's a lot of Stevie Wonder in that Lauren Hill. Hmm? The first Lauren Hill album, there was a lot of Stevie Wonder influence hmm. that I could hear. Yeah. Alright. Anything to add? I oh. think that was... That was a solid... That was a good podcast there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Went deep. There's some deep cuts, for sure. <laughs> deep cuts! Uh, Emily, thank you so much. Oh yeah, this is great. Us. I'd thank love to you. come back. Would be more we'll have you back you. because I will want to talk about different particular genres or oh, yeah. time eras, I guess. Mm. For sure. Yeah. We'll do it. Um, do it. Someday this podcast will air. It will air and uh, it will just air when it airs. <laughs> Without putting a date on that. But it'll be up. You'll hear it soon. I would like to hear your your top five influential people. I'd like to hear some of the better artists that shaped your life. Um, your favorite album of all time. Yeah. Me. Give them the email address. <laughs> wow. I'm all whiskeyed up, sorry. Or scotched up. Opinion hated. O-P-I-N-I-O-N-H. Eight, the number eight, it at gmail.com. Oh, it's the first time we've gotten that without like having to do jump cuts or anything. <laughs> That's we, amazing. We just let it, it is amazing. Uh, I wasn't able to do it. Obviously. Would you like to spell our Facebook? I would Twitter? not. <laughs> spelling, no, right now. No, we're done. You already struggle with Matt. You struggle with spelling now. Yes, now indeed, <laughs> because of this business. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Um, Emily, are you on the air these days? I'm no, not right where now. Where can people find you? But people you can should, find me on Instagram you or Twitter. Come back to the air. I, w- I will. I'm taking a little bit of a break, but I'll be back. But you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at DJEMILS, DJ Emils. And on SoundCloud, it's the same DJ Emils. So sound, SoundCloud.com slash D-J-E-M-I-L-S. Okay. Well, this concludes today's podcast. Justin, anything to add? He rolls his eyes. Uh, I was going to say, I'm extremely excited right now for what's going to happen after this podcast of chats with Emily about certain musical things. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ridiculous. Yes, you are. Um, All right, people. Good night. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Be safe. Bye. Bye.